people make silly putty sandwiches on Etsy and send them and send them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess, well, I mean, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. People are selling their feces, so why not? Oh, you know, what are you know? feces? Baby mice. Oh. <laughs> 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 any to say that you know we're actually hosting a podcast uh what yeah yeah i just thought you called to talk to me well i mean <laughs> i was luring you into my trick oh man yep great the, welcome the to this podcast apparently this podcast the accelerative thrust podcast and you know my name is dan Oh yeah, my name's Eric. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I think huh. I, I think I totally forgot to even do any sort of intro of the last episode. Uh, sixty second wipeout. I really like that title, by the way. So this is the sixty third um, thing. Yeah. This is it's it's a thing where we're making six, a thing. Sixty turd butt wipe. <laughs> sixty turd butt wipe. <laughs> That, okay, I spent my whole day with third graders, so so yeah, you're gonna yeah. come up with something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, I don't really have any news. I I know. Oh. I mean, yeah. do you have you? Did you see anything that caught your eye this week or anything? No, no, I did not. Yeah, I, there was a couple of things, but I can't really remember. I think. I don't know. Kanye West made a new video where he like kidnapped the uh, well in the video. Oh yeah, uh, he he kidnapped mm -hmm. Pete yeah. Davidson and like murdered yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing that actually is kind of interesting about that, it's called Easy, spelled like Easy E, and it actually does sample Easy E. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say that his um release of uh donda 2 i think it's actually pretty cool it, he released it with a stem player did you see that no i didn't actually so the whole record basically comes on this stem player and in every track every song is broken into basically four stems so vocals uh drums bass synths essentially samples whatever and mm -hmm. then you can turn things up and down, mute them. Uh, there's a secondary sort of menu. This is all done without any screens. So it's really futuristic. And then it'll have like delay and reverse and all these effects that you can remix the album to. But you can also convert pretty much any other song using the website uh, and it turns it into stems so you can basically upload and remix any music you want and it's kind of hmm. cool it's only eight gigs though so it's not like you can put your whole library on there but i thought it was really forward thinking but at the same time to put your album out and the only way people can hear it is to spend two hundred dollars on a stem player it's kind of weird so i don't know i i thought it was a cool idea for everything wrong with kanye there's always 
something that you're like, dang, that was a, actually a pretty cool idea, you know? Yeah, Kanye exists in this weird place in my mind. He talks himself up a lot as being sort of this innovative genius when it comes to accessing like new technology and ideas mm -hmm. within the hip hop genre or even just whatever musical genre that he's concerning himself with. Mm -hmm. And honestly, he kind of validates that with things like this. Uh, another thing that a lot of people kind of seem to skim over is, you know how auto-tune has become such the norm and mm -hmm. rap music and there was there's sort of this like i don't want to call it a trend but i guess it kind of is of mm -hmm. rappers that will sort of like all of a sudden just do like an all auto-tune singing album mm -hmm. or something or a rock album um kanye was kind of the a sort of the pioneer of that with 808s mm -hmm. and heartbreaks wow the that album because after three in a lot of people's minds, three certified hip hop classics. Mm -hmm. He just all of a sudden took a left turn and on his fourth album decided that he's not going to rap. Well, I think he raps on it maybe a little bit, but most of it is just singing with auto tune hmm. and electronics. Mm -hmm. Wow. And that was in 2008 before it even predates like Kid Cudi. The only other artist that I would say maybe predated 808s and heartbreak was T-Pain. Yeah. But T-Pain did that from the from the very beginning. Right. Kanye was a rapper and a producer. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I'm getting off on a tangent. But yeah, there's there's interesting things about Kanye yeah. West. And, and and I can't say he doesn't get enough credit for any of those things cuz I think he does. Yeah, um, I don't think he's underrated. By I don't think he's underrated in any by any means. He's constantly praised, even by yeah. people who just absolutely hate him. Uh, yeah. They still can't deny the impact that he's made on, yeah. like particularly mainstream hip hop. He actually, I I think, made it possible for like groups like Atmosphere and Sage Francis to kind of have mm -hmm. a, like an audience. Uh, yeah. by being more, um, for lack of a better term, emotional within their music, even mm -hmm. if it was just only in, in an underground setting, like, right. or even like Aesop Rock or something. Like mm -hmm. Kanye West was kind of the first like mainstream artist that said, mainstream rap artist that kind of said, you know, we don't always have to be, you know, super masculine. We can also right. be a little, you know what I mean? Yeah, kind of absolutely. within the main, within the mainstream anyway. Yeah. So, I have a respect for Kanye, but I also recognize how, um, I don't know. I, I, I do recognize what's wrong with him in terms of just kind of some of the statements he makes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, his job, his job is to make music and, ha and make people talk about him. Exactly. And he does both really well. Very so, well. Like, What's the difference? You know what I mean? Like if your job is to create controversy, then that's your job. What well, it makes me wonder how many of how many super, super duper big critics of Kanye will turn around and then just put on a Morrissey record. Cause you, you know what I mean? Yeah, we talk right. kind of about how mm -hmm. Morrissey's just a jerk too. If, yeah. if, if I were to go around and nitpick at every artist that I think is a piece of shit that I like, 
mm-hmm. then I my CD collection would probably be like at least 60% less than it is. Yeah. And I actually went the other direction. I only listen to music by people that I think are a problematic and real assholes and total pieces of shit. Like if someone's just normal or nice, I'm just like, no, like for, <laughs> forget this shit. Like music is supposed to be controversial. It's supposed to, you know, be irreverent and, 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 and at, at its core, it should destroy families. And that's, that's kind of how I feel about music. So. Yeah. If I mean, it's not breaking know. down society as a whole or helping contribute to its demise, then I don't really see the point. That's true. I, what's, what's culture without a good family destroyer? Yeah. And everyone yeah. at this point should pause the podcast and listen to We Destroy the Family by Fear because it's a really great song. And yeah, it's, it's, it's anti family, which I mean, everyone should be. So. So yeah, we got some records to talk about. Sure do. Um, Yeah. All right. Let's, yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's, let's get this thing started. So (laughs) the album that I went with was from this band called The Mind. And the name of the record is Open Up the Window and Leave Your Body. Um, I discovered this the same way, the exact same way that I've discovered, I think the last like three records that I've reviewed on this channel. And that is um, through Bandcamp. I've been really um, digging through Bandcamp lately and finding some really cool stuff. And specific genres is what I've been looking up. And I don't remember exactly where I stumbled upon this, but this band in particular, um, the cover of the album uh, really caught my eye. And so mm-hmm. I, this was the first... Uh, album on that label i've checked out other releases since then but um on that particular label that uh um this is the first one that i checked out and uh i really really liked it a lot i think it might just be a two-piece though i'm not really sure i didn't i admittedly i didn't really do a lot of research on the band i think that it's a drum machine the guitars the, the guitar tones uh, on a lot of the songs uh, is what I really, really like. Uh, it's got a, a fuzziness to it, kind of, uh, like almost maybe Big muff Muffish, which kind of um, adds like this shoegaze element to it. But it's that's totally not what everything that's going on here at all. There's also some really cool sounds that kind of, I feel, are added to the background. They're, they're, they're there for a reason because they really add depth and texture to the music, I feel, which sometimes, I mean, when musical acts or bands or whatever do that, it, it's kind of just to make noise. And I, I kind of feel like the way that this band did that really added something to the music. A lot of it's kind of bass driven. I would say there's definitely like a gothic element. The uh, voice is very haunting um, and just adds such a rich texture to the music, I think. Uh, it's pretty dark. My favorite track is definitely the second track called Dracula Skits, which I feel is the best example of utilizing those sounds that I talked about over like 
sort of a rhythmic baseline. But there's also like elements that are in contrast to the darkness that are, are almost like, I wouldn't say the opposite. Like I wouldn't say it sounds joyful, but very calming and relaxing at the same time, if that makes any sense whatsoever. I, I really kind of felt like this. It was, it was definitely dark and kind of gothic sort of sounding, but I don't know. There, there were a couple of songs that almost gave me like the image of like sitting by water or something like just almost tranquil that that would be almost like the way that I would describe it. Uh, particularly there's a couple of instrumentals on here that are, are like that. If I were to really sort of compare this to anyone, I would say like, it seems like maybe the biggest influence here would be Bajas on a lot of the stuff, but I would also say like the cure and my bloody Valentine, but also there's quite a bit of like sort of noise uh, noisy guitar, which I I could hear like some sonic youth mm-hmm. kind of coming from the influences as well. So, yeah, I mean, I think that if you like dark gothic stuff, like all the bands that I mentioned, I would say the singer's voice definitely has hints of like, say, uh, Carrie Brownstein from Slater Kenny. I, w- I would say like even like elements of something like Cat Power. Uh I don't know, maybe Mazzy Star, just, you know, stuff like that. It's it's really, really good stuff. I really, <laughs> really enjoyed it. So, Eric, it sounds like you may have somewhat of a different take on this record than me. What the, <laughs> well, what did kinda, you think? Yeah, it's it's fun. It's it's always fun to me when when we have um, different experiences listening to something, you know, sure. I think it's, yeah, I think it's really cool. I also really liked it a lot. But yeah, mm-hmm. the, the elements that I heard are not unlike what you said. They're just um, slightly, they're just slightly different. So mm-hmm. my takeaway from this was that it was very no wave and mm-hmm. very post-punkish tuxedo moon or a certain ratio or section 25 um, real, like real, real no wave stuff, which is generally sparse minimal minimal it was very ethereal at times like you said um mm-hmm. the drum machines are like a classic mini pops uh organ style more like 60s 70s drum machine sound with the, probably the built-in reverb which is really a great sound on those drum machines very bass forward um the thing about this is is as i describe it Fans of a specific band will say, hey, wait, this is starting to sound like something. And it is. There, This is big, big young Marble Giants vibes. And I know I've been telling you, Dan, to listen to the Colossal Youth record for like a long time. Sure. But this honestly could have been a young, the new young Marble Giants record, even though they only have one. Like if they came out with this, whatever, 40 years later and said, here's our new album. Not only would I believe it, but I would love it. Like it's, it's so similar to that group that I don't want to say that they stole it or ripped it off. And that's not my point at all, but I really like it when someone finds something and they're like, wow, I really love the core of what's happening here. Let's take what we like from this and build on it, which is exactly what the mind 
it feels like what the mind did. Now there's a good chance they've never listened to Young Marble Giants, uh, but from the bass to the drum machine to the parts themselves to the um, sort of like unnecessarily funky elements, all of that is like very, like I said, no way, very tuxedo moon and stuff like that. But it's also, uh, like I said, a bit more, uh, actually a bit less angular than that too at times. It's a bit kind of calm and washed out and stuff. So I kind of feel like there's this Johnny Jewel style to it, which would be like the Chromatics and Glass Candy, Desire, mm -hmm. the Knife even to an extent, things mm -hmm. like that. But yeah, if you're a fan of Young Marble Giants, listen to this. And if you're a fan of this, definitely listen to Young Marble Giants. I just, like I said, whenever I say that, I feel like I'm being uh, kind of a jerk, like by saying that somebody sounds so much like somebody else. In this case, it is literally one of my top 10 favorite records of all time. And so I can't say I like it any more than that, you know? Um, and so I loved it. I thought it was really cool. It's nice to fall into and spend some time there. It is dark, but I don't think it's depressing, if that yeah. makes sense. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an environment, not a state of mind. If that, you know what I mean? Like an atmosphere. Sure. And so, absolutely. Um, I, I really liked it. I thought it was really cool. So, yeah, that, that's about all I have to say about it is if you're a sure. fan of No Wave, Post Punk, uh, Young Marble Giants, listen to it. You're going to love it. Sure. And I just want to add to that, Eric. Uh, yeah. When I said that I that it was dark, by the way, you actually articulated this better than me, I believe. Um, I wasn't referring to the subject matter in the songs, right. like lyrics or anything. I was definitely referring to like what, like you said, the atmosphere that it created. Because yeah. at times it almost felt like I was I was living in the Crow movie, listening to it or something. <laughs> right. You know. You know what I mean? Like that sort of thing. like the Cure song on the Crow soundtrack. There you go. The Cure song on the Crow soundtrack. Um, yeah. I really did. I really did also uh, have being somebody who just, you know, this uh, fairly recently, I, I actually listened to the Cure's discography. Yeah. Um, and I really did hear like elements of like head on the door and mm -hmm. like pornography on here, For sure. you know, yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Really good stuff. I'm glad nice. you liked it. Uh, but yeah, that just confirms that I need to listen to Young Marble Giants. Oh, man. It's going to change your life. It really will. All right. I'll, I'll, uh... As a songwriter and musician, uh, the reason I love that record is I, I don't know of a more sparse record that works on so many different levels. And yeah. so it's kind of like the same reason I'm obsessed with suicide. It's the same idea. It's like you take literally two or three elements and create just massive walls of sound and amazing songs. And like, you know, that I really get into people being minimal with their arrangements. So sure. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So speaking of not being minimal with your arrangements, <laughs> I picked a record and it's kind of old. I don't remember how I came across it. I think I was just looking around for music to listen to. Um, it's by a group called Book of Knots, and the record is called Train Eater. Uh, Book of Knots has three records. This one is their middle record. Um, I listened to it without any understanding of 
anything. I don't, I didn't know a single thing about the band and I was pretty blown away by it. I was kind of confused as to how I had never heard it before because it is world-class heavy avant-garde music. I mean, like as good as anything you've heard. And that's including all of it. John Zorn, uh, Bungle, more like classical new music stuff like George Crumb. It's as good as any of that. And I and I I did some more research and uh, I figured out, first of all, why it was so good, but it actually added to the mystery of why I had never heard this because it's actually a pretty impressive pedigree of people involved in this. The first thing I took away from it was this sounds very similar to Sleepy Time Gorilla Museum. And turns out two of the people are in that band. So that ended up making a lot of sense. But yeah, it has members of Sleepy Time, uh, Skeleton Key, tons of people that these people have worked with. Pear Ubu, Elvis Costello, they might be giants. Uh, this record alone has guest spots on it from the likes of Tom Waits, uh, Mike Watt. And so, I mean, this isn't just some random group of people, you know? So it actually made me even more confused as to why I'd never heard this. The third record actually came out on Ipecac and mm -hmm. had guest spots from Mike Patton and Blixa from Einsturzen de Neubauten and the Bad Seeds, but it's really cool. It's very strange, as you can probably guess from everything I just said, it, it jumps around, it changes, but I also think it sticks to the moments a little longer than a lot of this kind of music does. Like if you listen to Sleepy Time Gorilla Museum, you know that they can fall into uh, something and stay there for a long time, which is very different than say Mr. Bungle especially like Disco Volante, where they jump around almost every, you know, 20 to 45 seconds, probably. Um, so it is strange. It's dark. It has a lot of twangy guitars in it, like um, the guitars you would find in uh, the George Crumb stuff. Um, it's brutally, brutally heavy, uh, like Sleepy Time Gorilla Museum. Um, it's very jazzy, crazy atmospheric. I mean, it literally sounds like someone recorded empty rooms and just cranked that on there. Yeah, I mean, it's just atmosphere. Like I said, it does obviously sound like Sleepy Time, but it sounds a bit like Swans, Naked City, PJ Harvey. And yeah, I the, the, fun, the funniest thing about it is, is like, I had never heard of this group. I've never heard anyone talk about it that I remember, even though I would probably bet money that my late friend, Sean, absolutely told me to listen to this um, at some point. But so I didn't know about this group on Spotify. They have 154 monthly listeners. Like that's not that many. You know? mm -hmm. so, so not a lot of listeners. I don't know. And I've never heard you talk about this, Dan. I've never heard yeah. other I've people that should be talking about this our shitty friend chuck uh, uh, you know mm -hmm. me i would like these this is the kind of thing all of us should have found out about in um, 2007 when it came out noah i'm surprised yeah. noah has noah. never talked about this and so um i know that we don't have a ton of listeners and i know the listeners we do have a lot of them are our friends and we do share similar taste in music so 
from me to you as your friend, mm -hmm. you got to listen to this. If you like any of the stuff that we obviously are prone to review on this, this podcast, this fits beyond perfectly. This is mm -hmm. kind of the crux of what we do here could be encapsulated in my mind with this record. I know that's a big statement, but I really can't say more about it. So what yeah. do you think, Dan? Yeah, this, this was really, really mind blowing in the same way that uh, I thought the same exact thing. How come I had never heard of this? Um, you know, uh, my former bandmate and best friend, Travis, he's another mm -hmm. one who yeah. would totally be into this. Uh, yeah, this is the first time. And I know people who loved Sleepy Time Gorilla Museum. Mm -hmm. um, so when I found out the connection there with Para Ubu, mm -hmm. I, that was just completely mind-blowing to me. And also knowing that, yeah, the last record came out on Ipecac. Um, I follow Ipecac pretty solidly. So mm -hmm. I don't know how this band slipped under the radar mm -hmm. uh, in any way whatsoever. It's, it's a mystery. Um, so I have that totally the same experience. Um, it was really, really awesome. Uh, definitely all those elements that you uh, mentioned from the Mr. Bungle Tom Waits, I would definitely say it has the uh, ballistic nature of like early swans and yep. butthole surfers mm -hmm. a little bit too, uh, or cows even. It's also like one of the things that I really liked about it, it seemed to be pretty thematic. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you heard this or not, but it, it seems like there was a constant theme of like industry, like kind of going on. I, I don't know. Maybe I am sort of wrong on that, but it, it there, there seemed to be like some lyrics mm -hmm. kind of about like jobs mm -hmm. or something mm -hmm. like going on there. Um, which I thought was really, really interesting. Um, the first track threw me off. I, and I'm assuming, well, there's definitely like different singers mm -hmm. on different tracks, but the first track, uh, threw me off because the singer on that track didn't sound like any of the other singers to me at all. Mm -hmm. uh, there was like a high pitched voice that honestly, it kind of reminded me of like Getty Lee in an yeah, avant-garde sure. band. Sure. It was yeah. really, really interesting. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, Whoa, this is really weird. Yeah. And then next thing you know, there's a female vocalist, which you talked, you mentioned the PJ Harvey element. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, huh, some of the voices on here sound like Tom Waits. In fact, right. the music sounds like Tom Waits. Oh, it is Tom Waits. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then there's another guy whose vocals to me sound almost identical to uh, David Yao or yep. the singer from Cop Shoot Cop. But yeah. almost identical yep. totally. to the singer of yep. Cop Shoot Cop. It's crazy. In fact, I wonder if it was the singer of Cop Shoot Cop. Right. It could <laughs> I mean, be. Who knows? Yeah. It very well could be. Um, and yeah, it's some of it sounds in a in a interesting way. Like I think this record came out in 2007. Right. Some of it sounded purposely almost like it was supposed to, and this is what I mean by it almost sounds like a, 
maybe there was a concept going on with like old industry or something. Because mm-hmm. some of the music, and I think this was by design, sounded like it was a little out of time. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like a Tom Waits record or something. Right. You know what I mean? Like when you hear like, there's definitely a, I heard a, a, a very huge Tom Waits influence on this whole thing, honestly. Um, but I also heard the heavier stuff as well. Mm-hmm. And um, it seems to me like that kind of went hand in hand with the concept that the concepts that I was kind of hearing about, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like, like industry or an industrial landscape or something. I, I don't really yeah. know. Uh, and so like even the sounds almost put you in mind of working at a factory or something. Mm-hmm. I kind of think they were kind of trying to convey that at least that's what I kind of, kind of heard, you know, yeah. and I thought, I thought it was excellent. I thought that like, I can't think of any other band that really communicated that through sound better than this. And I definitely right. hear the naked city element. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, I will say though, mm-hmm. it's challenging as hell at times where it was just really like, like, I was just like, wow this is and 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 all the all the possible all the good ways right it was not Mm -hmm. challenging in a bad way it was Mm -hmm. i just want to you know it is not for the conventional music listener at all like like you were saying right it's super duper Mm avant-garde and it's even to the to the most like avant-garde trained listener i feel like this could be uh, you know, uh, just a really challenging listen. Like there's yeah. a lot of things happening that have absolutely nothing to do with like convention at all. Mm-hmm. And that's honestly one of the reasons why I really like it. A lot. Right. Me too. And that, that, it, yeah. When you say challenging for me, the word being a fan of this kind of crappy music no i'm just kidding a fan <laughs> of this kind of music uh i would find i would say surprising there you go you that know, probably like, is a better like there were moments where i was like no fucking way right yeah and that, that that's an amazing experience to have as a music listener when you literally can't believe what you just heard that's absolutely. a big deal you know and this has it in spades well and like the first track i thought that like the first like 30 seconds almost had like this almost like electronic sound to mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And then it just completely like changed like yeah. course. And then yeah. the next thing you know, like saw there are some songs that sound like maybe it was just like a banjo in a box or something yeah. like right. beating on a box. Mm-hmm. But it was like using that description, y- you can kind of try and guess in your head what that's going to sound like. And I, I can assure you, it doesn't sound like what you think in your head that it would sound like it's they found a way to just make everything so yeah i surprising is definitely a better way to put it than challenging for sure well i like both words i just you know so yeah yeah yeah, i don't don't want i don't want to discourage anyone from listening to it right by saying challenging but it is definitely like you know uh it, it is definitely for i think a type of music listener. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I wouldn't put it on every single day. But if I do want something that is going to make me have to actively listen to it and have an experience listening to music, then I would definitely put this on. 
Absolutely. Like, could you imagine seeing this live? No, I can't. I think it would be amazing. And I it, would, so too. it would be in the realm of some of these groups, which I have missed concerts by them and regret them terribly. Mm -hmm. Like the time Sleepy Time uh, played uh, here in Iowa and like most of my friends went and for some reason I didn't, probably social anxiety or some. Sure, bullshit. sure. That's happened uh, to me. I, I blew it. Yeah, the Secret Chiefs 3 was another one that I missed. So, oh, wow. Yeah, all those Secret shows. Chiefs played in Iowa City? No, they played at um, Grinnell. And, That's and, where it was. Oh, Grinnell, okay. Right, yeah. So Wow. Um, yeah, Grinnell's had some good shows, and I somehow missed most of them. Just yeah, yeah. Whatever. They, I, I remember <laughs> I remember Grinnell. That was... Uh, yeah. do, do they still even put on shows? Yeah, there? yeah. Oh, really? It's at hmm. the college there. Um hmm is why they bring weird good stuff in. So sure. yeah, keep your eyes out for, for shows happening in Grinnell. I don't know how it's been since COVID, but definitely for a while there, I, that was one place to really keep your eye on. So sure. Sure. I, I do also have to say that I am actually regrettably wholly unfamiliar with sleepy time gorilla museum. Oh, I've, yeah. I've heard, I've heard their I've heard of them in name only, I mm -hmm. actually have a, a friend, an old friend of mine who uh, was hugely into them, was obsessed with yeah. them. And he was uh -huh. not into like, I tried playing him Disco Volante. He didn't like it. I tried playing him like Naked City. He hated it. But he was really into Sleepy Time Gorilla Museum yeah. for some reason. like The, the opening uh, of uh, the record of Natural History, mm -hmm. um, the first 20 seconds of that album are probably the actual the the most afraid i've ever been starting an album really oh yeah like i was wow it is terrifying and it's so good i mean yeah i think sleepy time's amazing just mm -hmm. freaking amazing so wow. i don't mm -hmm. talk about them that much because in my mind, it's like, they're just so awesome that it's not even worth bringing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah <laughs> I, uh, I, this was definitely for me a big surprise and totally, I, I just loved it. Cool, but cool. Good stuff. Yeah. Cool, cool. All right. So something a little more straightforward. This week, we're going to review the new record by Good Habits. Uh, it's, it's called Full Grown it just came out. Uh, Good Habits has been around for a long time. And as far as I know, this is only the second thing they've put out. And that the other thing was about 10 years ago. So it's been a minute. But yeah, Good Habits is Jeff Mannix, who is just a sweetheart. I, I just, he's really a cool, nice person uh, when I'm at shows and I see him. I know that I'm going to have someone to talk to and really enjoy the conversation. Um, also in this band is Molly Enixon. I never know how to say Molly's last name, mm -hmm. but right. Molly is also in Death Kill Overdrive. Um, mm -hmm. Yep. And then Luke Ferguson plays drums. Luke is also in uh, Lipstick Homicide. So a number of really cool, sweet, nice people from Iowa City. And this is really fun music. This is a really fun record. That doesn't mean it's like 
saccharin or bubblegum-ish at all. I don't think it's coming from the same place as some other groups that lean a little more towards like pop punk or something. I don't think that's what's happening here, even though I do think it's slightly poppy. It's It has hooks and it has mm-hmm. fun movement to it. But that fun is offset by a really aggressive sound, you know, yeah. I, and especially vocally, they're very snotty <laughs> and aggressive and just short of kind of being screamed the whole time or yeah. outed very melodic and fun. Um, but yeah, I, there's another element to this where it's like almost like speed punk or like back in the day, I would have even called it kind of skate punk where it's like thrash fast, but it's definitely not mid tempo either. Like this is stuff that moves along at a really good clip, but yeah, there's elements also of indie uh, kind of garage rock stuff too. And that mostly for me manifests in sort of, I don't want to say there's meandering parts, but sort of like during a verse where things are, sort of lying there and there's vocals on top of them. And that's, that's the role that they fill. That's the way it's supposed to be. But in that space, there's a lot of kind of uh, noise and tone and guitars enveloping themselves and things like that, which I think is really cool. And uh, it's something that came up during, you know, that, that more like indie garage rock moment that was happening. I don't know some years ago where people weren't afraid of noise. You know, they let things ride. They let feedback and reverb and, and, and things happen during the songs. And I, I think that happens here too. So even though it's fast, there are moments where it also like just relies on itself too, you know, uh, that's kind of hard to explain, but I think when you listen, it w- it, that would make sense. The bass and guitar tones, I think, are really cool. Uh, Molly's bass tone is so cool and it's so fuzzy um, at times. I, I just love it. Um, but that bass tone with the high sort of screamed vocals actually reminded me a bit of uh, an Iowa band, uh, House of Large Sizes. I don't know. So yeah. if you're friends with them or fans of them, you might hear some elements of that. Um, I don't know how much they might have influenced the group, but um, yeah, especially the bass tone, just big, fat, fuzzy bass through the whole thing. Um, and the whole production actually is really good. Um, it sounds thick. The guitars are pretty crushing you know they're there they're like front and center but yeah the whole production sounds nice and this was recorded at uh flat black the layout is uh pretty cool on the cover uh joe Huerman of nightmare imagery did that and it's um a kind of a take well not kind of it is a satire of uh full house mm-hmm. um, which is funny because the record's called full grown um which I just realized when I said that out loud that uh, grown is spelled G-R-O-A-N. Yeah. But if you say full grown, then it sounds like full grown. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I really enjoyed it. I always enjoy what Jeff does. I always enjoy what all these people do. I don't think they're involved in anything that I've ever thought is phoned in or schlocky or 
bad on any level. I think they're all a high caliber of sweet, fun people making great music. Um, as far as what this actually sounds like, you know, I always have to compare it to just other bands. Somewhere in the middle of maybe the Strokes and the Dickies and Jawbreaker and the Muffs. I don't know. Like, I really mm -hmm. don't know how to describe it. Like, there are moments where things are moving along where I'm like, this just sounds like the Misfits, you know, but I know that's not accurate. So, you know, but it is, it is at its core, uh, punk rock and really well done punk rock. So what'd you think, Dan? Yeah. Um, that everything you said, I completely agree with the bass tone on here was incredible. The guitar tone was incredible. The speed and ferocity, but also mixed with, um, just really monster choruses, man, mm -hmm. like well-written stuff here. I really enjoyed, um, like I could, I could find myself listening to this a few more times and maybe getting a couple of the songs stuck in my head. Mm -hmm. What I heard a, a lot of here is like, yeah, it, it definitely is almost poppy, but not really because it's got, enough um noise to it mm -hmm. and enough uh feedback and distortion and and just like i guess heaviness or sludgy sludginess to it to kind of override that in some ways but that doesn't take away from the really great songwriting that i felt was just throughout this whole thing specifically if, if I'm going to compare them to uh, like bands, like I heard a little bit of the Stooges going on here, uh, a little bit of the Ramones, some Jay Riotard, Ty Siegel, Buzzcocks. And like you said, the Dickies, you know, I, I heard stuff like that, even like the Misfits, like you said. One band in particular, though, hmm. um, and I'm not saying that they like totally sound like this band or anything like that, but. I would say somewhat of a comparison to Mudhoney. Mm, and yeah. in particular, the singer's voice sounded, he, he had like a perfect snarl to his voice mm -hmm. that Mark Arm also has. And in fact, his vocals sounded to me like Mark Arm a little bit mm. um, in Mudhoney. And that sort of like bratty sort of guitar tone mm -hmm. yeah. that, really sort of heavy fuzzy like sludgy but then also at the same time like there's definitely some choruses being written definitely some hooks it that's that's where i think i would say the mud honey comparison for me comes into play because i that's exactly how i would describe mud honey as well and mm -hmm. i just i heard a lot of that because um it's it's just totally like dirty and fun you know, but I also feel like this was a really heartfelt sound as well that they were yeah. going for. Um, and, and yeah, the recording's excellent. And uh, yeah, that's uh, it's fantastic. I don't really have anything else to add, but this is a really great listen. And if you're into um, somewhat noisy, but very catchy punk rock, mm -hmm. I think this is the record for you. Nice. Yeah. But don't take my word for it. But um, sorry, had to do it. 
<laughs> eating rainbow. Oh, okay. I, uh, you know, here's the thing. You want to hear something weird about read, reading rainbow? <laughs> sure. I remember it. Yeah. Vaguely, but I don't remember anything that I'm able to pick up on any references to it. Hmm. I don't remember it enough. I, I don't think it. I really watched it as a kid. Yeah. I don't well, think I mean, I did. reading sucks. So like, <laughs> why would you watch that you know well rainbows are cool yeah that's the only reason i watched it and the theme song <laughs> i like butterflies in the sky and whatnot do you remember the show on nickelodeon uh called today's special oh yeah shout it loud and clear shout it loud and clear i remember the uh the uh that mouse that big mouse on today's special always freaked me out yeah because and a animatronic mouse yeah the mannequins came alive right yep 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 and at the same time a regular mouse became a giant mouse i believe yep yeah that's exactly that's some screwed up nonsense right that was that was some screwed up nonsense and then i remember (laughs) like when i uh i would stay home sick sometimes Mm -hmm. uh you know because i was sick because school sucks because school sucks exactly (laughs) and i remember on on sick days i would watch today's special and then uh, right after that came on david the gnome oh right yeah remember david the gnome i do um it very much felt like nothing ever happened yeah it was it was like this big pointy hat gnome for no reason and i think the guy who did, did the voice was uh mr c from happy days if I'm not oh, really? mistaken. <laughs> That's how I remember I, it anyway. I don't I had no idea. It's only been about fact. uh 38 years or like yeah, 35 years, but that's how I remember it anyway. Something along those lines. Yeah, I remember uh the after school shows were always much more exciting, like oh, Tailspin yeah. and oh yeah, stuff like that, or Chippendales Rescue Rangers. Yeah. Uh, I didn't, I didn't watch Duck. a lot of those. I watched G.I. Joe and Transformers. I watched those too. I, uh, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Yeah, He-Man. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. The Masters of the Universe. Oh, that's good stuff. Well, hey, speaking yeah. of shows. <laughs> <laughs> you like grab, your, grab your battle cat and yeah. come to one of these shows. <laughs> yeah. First off, battle cat is playing. No, no. Uh, <laughs> No, but yeah, so here's the thing. Since we're doing like every other week, I may get confused. I might repeat myself. I don't know. You're just going to, as listeners, you're just going to have to be be understanding. Um, Saturday the 19th at Gas Lamp, the Savage Freds and Nothing Special. I don't know either of those groups, but it's happening and therefore, you should check it out. Um, the 20th, Sunday, March 20th, uh, it's Blacktop, Mo- oh, at Wildwood, I'm sorry, in Iowa City. Blacktop Mojo with Non Grata, the 42s, and To Be Determined. Also, Sunday, the 20th, at Gabe's Oasis in Iowa City, Hit Like a Girl with our friends death kill overdrive and distancing so that should be cool okay so tuesday march 22nd we have duma 
They are from Kenya. This is at the Trumpet Blossom. Um, it's also with our friends Dryad. So mm. that should be pretty sick. Um, if you don't want to make the drive to Iowa City to see that on Tuesday, Duma is also playing Wednesday, March 23rd at Roz Talks, this time with Aseeth, our friends in Aseeth. Mm. So I would say both of those shows are great. And if you can pull it together, why not go see it? If you only see one, you're going to see a pretty kick-ass show anyway. I mean, I don't usually see uh, extreme metal from Kenya. Um, and so I guess maybe you do, and that's good for you. But most of us no, don't. I, 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 I yeah. don't. Uh, that same day, Wednesday, March 23rd, River City Collective and Wake Brewing present Lich King. They are punk thrash crossover from Massachusetts. Uh, Stone Cutters from Louisville, Stoner Thrash stuff. Pit Lord, you know them. Mm -hmm. uh, that's happening at the Black Hawk Room in Moline, Illinois. Wednesday, the 23rd, we have at the Gas Lamp, The Rumors with Bullet to the Heart. Also our friends, right? The Rumors. So Thursday, the 24th of March, uh, Radical Operations, Big B Woods and America Chur. That's at Lefties, live music. And then also at the Raccoon Motel, Thursday, March 24th, we have uh, Wake, Immortal Bird, and Petroleum Coke. And I don't know any of those folks, but I'm sure it's awesome. All right, so March 25th, it's a Friday. Uh, here we are at Roz Talks, and it's Drekka, Timber Rattle, and Aqua Life. Mm -hmm. Also that day at the Gas Lamp is Anthony Warden and the Illiterati with the Host Country. Um, all right, March 27th, it's a Sunday. This is at the Gas Lamp. Greet death infant island and glass ox glass ox is awesome i don't know the other two groups um all right so then monday march 28th is Beartooth, uh the below tour part two this is at the val air ballroom and it is with Beartooth. i don't know who they are um Beartooth and silverstein and the devil wears Prada and era. So that's cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. And then trumpet blossom Monday, March 28th is Amirtha Kidambi's elder ones and, and Antifa horn. So we're starting to get into some of the mission Creek shows here, I think. So, uh, I'll stop there and because that's going to be a lot of shows and uh, a lot. Yes. Yeah. So um, we'll pause there for now on the show calendar and come back on the next episode. That sounds really good. So just cheat nice. to the so next just episode. To the next episode. <laughs> so, yeah. What did we learn today, Eric? Oh, I don't know. 
What did we? Yeah. Uh, this has been sort of a um, moralist story at this point. It's a very um, <laughs> an immoral a, story. A very uh, an immortal story. Oh yeah, that's what I learned. Yeah, it, how to live forever. It's a very educational podcast. You know? Yeah, if you also want to learn how to live forever, send one thousand dollars to me. To yes, there you go. Send it's it not him. true it's not true i don't know mm-hmm. well actually i might live forever i don't i don't have any proof otherwise i'm gonna do this way if you send me a thousand dollars i'll definitely figure out how to live forever just to tell you if that's what you're paying me for <laughs> yeah oh my gosh i'll no, learn it very quickly i don't think i've learned anything today not mm-hmm. a single thing yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah. I learned that there's still good music out there to discover. There, there's a lot of good music out there. Kanye West still exists. Yeah, yeah. That that's our recap. The this world is, is still here. I do wor- actually think that's important to mention right now. It really is. Yeah, the world is still existing. We're still <laughs> yeah. breathing. Yeah, we're still meat yep. robots yep. inside our bodies. Me and uh, Dan and you, the listener, we all still live and exist and draw breath. So mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, I don't know. Do with that what you will. <laughs> Circle of life. Yeah. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I heard that uh, there's um, a bunch of like squid that are getting washed ashore like down in florida all of a sudden or something wow they must have lost the game oh the squid game oh i see what you did there yeah um no i guess the real explanation is that their food supply under the ocean is depleting so it's like Hmm. they found like this giant octopus Hmm. like in florida i think this is actually an old story i don't know why i'm even talking about it just i think i was watching something <laughs> last night i don't know who uh, knows wow it's hard telling we almost learned something <laughs> almost almost yeah see my my research is whatever i want it to be yeah yep <laughs> did you verify that source i verified nope, that and source. it's also 10 years old <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> nope and it's 10 years old anyway uh well, thank you for putting up yeah. with us again <laughs> i'm really proud of you all for doing that don't yeah. forget that uh we are on spotify and content made right and yeah you, you know the drill uh follow us on instagram yeah uh if you want to chat comment if there's anybody that you know of that you think we should be covering let us know mm-hmm that's local or non-local so yeah if you think we'd like it let us know let us know and uh yeah thank you all for listening and uh episode 63 in the bag in the bag y'all have a good one now bye I know that we don't have a ton of listeners and I know the listeners we do have a lot of them are our friends.